Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Interview Show. It's episode 583. Yes, 583. And we've really got a special guest with us. He um, did some outreach to me. He seems real cool guy from Canada. What more can you ask for, listeners and viewers? It's Matt Gills, CEO of Clean.io. I just love the ULR. You know, I've got Mr. Clean on the show. What more can you ask for? Uh, um, and we're going to be talking about all things marketing automation with an emphasis on e-commerce. And Matt's a bit of an expert on that. So, Matt, do you think you can just give us a quick 20-second intro? Hey, Jonathan, I'm glad to be here. And, and it's cool that there were 582 of these before me. So, uh Took a while to get me here, but I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm Matt Gillis. I'm the CEO of Clean.io. We're a digital engagement security company. We help protect uh, websites and e-commerce sites from malicious and untrusted JavaScript execution. So anything that would ruin the user experience or uh, potentially ruin your revenue or your reputation, those are the things that we protect. Uh, We've been around for about three and a half years. Um, Some of the biggest sites on the internet use our technology uh, to, to help keep those user experiences protected and safe. And uh, we're about 45 people based in Baltimore, Maryland. Wow. Sounds great. And I've got my great co-host, Stephen. Stephen, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, Stephen Satter from zipfish.io. We make WordPress fast by optimizing uh, the code and the servers that run the code. And before we go into the main part of the interview, I want to talk about our main sponsor. And it's... It's not normally what I say, Kinsta. We've got a new babe sponsors, um, listeners and views, and it's Castos. They're, um, what do they do? Well, they host podcasts, and they're hosting the um, this actual podcast, the WP Tonic Show, and they host all the files. So if you're into podcasting, you're looking to start a podcast and i would strongly advise you to look at that it is a hard road to go down but if you can keep at it it's a very productive road to go down so they provide the platform and um to store all your files on plus a host of other um services that will help you in your podcasting journey um I, I, I've been using it for the past month. It's a fantastic interface. The crew at the crew is really, really helpful. Um, they've got Matt Medeus working for them as their marketing director. What more can you ask for? I suggest that you go over to them, have a look at podcasting, sign up, very affordable. So, so Matt... You know, obviously it's security, but one of the um, talking points that you highlighted that you like discussing is marketing automation around e-commerce as well. So where do we stand? Where do you think a lot of people, let's start off with this question, where do you think people um, make mistakes with marketing automation when it comes to e-commerce? Are there any kind of one or two big 
mistakes that a lot of people do on their marketing automation journey? Well, maybe I can start and give you a little, like, uh, take a step back and tell you kind yeah. of what we do and how it fits into that narrative. Because I think that's, yeah, sure. that will make sense. Um, so, uh, as I said, you know, we cut our teeth kind of in. Oh, in, please, in, please guide me, Matt. I need a lot of guidance. Well, you know, it, maybe you're familiar with, if you've ever been surfing on a website, maybe on your mobile phone, and you're scrolling up and down, and, and all of a sudden it redirects you to a page and it says, congratulations, Jonathan, you won an Amazon gift card. Or spin the wheel uh, for your chance to win this. Or your phone has 35 viruses, click here. That's called malvertising. Um, that's where we started in, in delivering services and solutions for publishers uh, to protect them from malvertising. Effectively, what malvertising is, is it's a bad actor who is buying ads on websites and taking over the user experience. And so we've been doing that for a couple of years. Uh, we've got some of the biggest sites on the planet. About 8 million sites use our technology each month. Um, what we started to notice was that uh, there were a whole bunch of these things called client-side injections software that is on a computer that is, you know, waking up and causing havoc on a website. And when we started digging in deeper, we actually noticed there was this phenomenon happening in the e-commerce world. So like our pedigree has been in the advertising technology in the publisher world, but we noticed this phenomenon in the e-commerce world where there were a whole bunch of these client-side injections, destroying revenue, destroying user experiences, kind of taking over sites. And the main culprit was this thing called Honey. If you've heard of Honey, Honey is a browser extension. It's owned by PayPal now. PayPal bought them for $4.5 billion with a B. Um, and there's a whole bunch of them. Like Honey is not the only one. There's Capital One Shopping. You may have seen or heard of Capital One Shopping. Users download these extensions to put them on their machines. And what these things do is that when, if you're running an e-commerce store, uh, when your users get to checkout, one of these things will pop up and say, you know, hey, Stephen, we got coupons for you. Would you like us to try them? Stephen likes discounts. Stephen's price sensitive. Stephen wants everything for free. So Stephen says, okay. And guess what? You know, you, you, you know him so well. I do. <laughs> Stephen and I go way back. But here's the deal. Um, this thing pops up and starts saying inputting coupon one, inputting coupon two, inputting coupon three. And then it will resolve to a page and say, hey, congratulations, Stephen. We just saved you 40 bucks on your order uh, by inputting the code, you know, uh, military40 at checkout, which was intended, Bob, obviously, for someone in the military. Um, it's terrible. The user experience, you know, users love discounts. But guess what? If you're a merchant, the first thing we say is you own your store. You should be able to control the code that's executing on your store. And guess what? They don't have that control. Honey and Wikibuy and all these other ones can actually just inject and, and take over the user experience. So that's what we do. We have a product called Clean Cart for e-commerce, and we give merchants protection to be able to own and control all of the code that executes on their website so that they actually can control their selling prices, their discounts, their user experience. And we think, again, you own your store, you should be able to control everything about it. If you owned a bricks and mortar store, you wouldn't let someone come and walk into your store and stand beside your cash register. And every time one of your consumers walked up to the cash register, they would just, you know, hand them coupons and say, hey, do you want 20% off? Do you want 30% off? It would destroy the bricks and mortar retailer. By the way, bricks and mortar has been destroyed. Now we're trying to actually help, you know, be that full stop for merchants to help them, you know, basically get control. And so 
I think one of your questions was like, you know, like marketing and optimization and all this sort of stuff. And, and, you know, what are the mistakes we see? I actually think there's a lack of knowledge of what's actually happening on your store. There's an, a, a lack of knowledge and attribution back to like who is really driving incremental sales, you know, and specifically if you think about honey, what honey does is it piles on the biggest coupon it can find. Well, let's just say you're a merchant that was, you know, using podcasts and you had a code on podcasts. Well, if that was the biggest discount that, that Honey can find, it's now going to actually give you, you know, garbage in, garbage out data that shows you that, hey, that podcast was really successful at driving sales when it truly wasn't. It was just an extension that actually picked up a coupon. So I can go on and on and on, but that's basically what we do. And, and we think that there's a big unmet need with the, you know, merchant ecosystem to get control of their storefronts. Oh, thanks for that. You can tell that that's an experienced CEO, can't you, listeners and viewers? He's he's focused, you can tell. Uh, I'm going to put it over to my beloved co-host, Stephen. Uh, the the clean card technology is super interesting and something that I want to like dive in more and hear a little bit more about. But before we get there, um, getting back to like your origins, the advertising, um, how much of it is like a real concern that like if I put ads on my site, uh, it's going to start taking over and doing things that are malicious? Like if I have ads right now, is that something that like is probably happening on my site? Or is it something that like it's only, you know, 10% of the people, but like don't be one of those 10%. I, I think it's one of those things where, listen, it costs a lot of money to create content. It costs a lot of money to drive users to your website. And if your sole means of making money is through ads, God, you better make sure that you deliver a great user experience to those users. Yeah. And so what the, the real origins of this is through programmatic advertising. There's, you know, so many great things about the free and open internet, right? It's like allowed, you know, open access and, you know, anybody can buy ads and you can target directly to end users. And there's so many great things about it. And then the bad part is, is this openness and anywhere where there's users and there's money, there's bad actors. And yeah. so, you know, like, it's just kind of uh, welcomed bad actors. And guess what? These bad actors, they're actually performance advertisers. They, like, they are seeking to create an engagement with you as an end user and get you to do something that they'll get paid for. So in many cases, as I walked you through the, like, congratulations, you won an Amazon gift card or click here, you know, you did this or you've got that. They're basically bounty-driven initiatives that if they can get you to come to this page and fill out that form, they'll get paid and give their PII. If they can come to this page and do a survey completion, they'll get paid. Uh, if they can get you to go to this page and download a VPN app, they're going to get paid. And so their whole goal is to buy ads. And when every normal advertiser is hoping for a half a percent click-through rate, these guys are so sophisticated. They've figured out how to buy really low value ads. And when they want to redirect anybody 100% of the time, Right, so like a 100% click-through rate if they want to because they, through automation of their JavaScript, take you to that page and you can't get out of it. As a user, if it's ever happened to you or any of the folks that are listening, you know, sometimes you hit the close button and guess what? The close button's disabled. Yeah. Or you hit the back button, back button doesn't work. Sometimes you actually have to like almost restart your phone altogether or your, your PC to get out of the experience. But you know, a lot of it is clickbaity and... Um, so I would just say, you know, back to your question of like, should you be concerned? Listen, I think you should. Uh, and if nothing else, what we do is we give everybody a 30-day free trial so that you'll get the CT scan to understand what's happening on your site. Do you have a problem? 
most sites that are using ads, the way they make the most amount of money is through demand density, having as many people bidding on that inventory at one time. And usually density equals, you know, somewhat of a reduction in quality, right? So like the more people you have bidding, you may have lesser quality. And that's how these guys are creeping in. So, you know, we, we look at, we're almost like an insurance policy and we're proactive. We're not reactive. We stop it before it even happens. Yeah. Cool. Is, do you really only run into problems if you are running ads from like other like third party sources other than let's say Google? Like a lot of people use Google, right? Like I put like little Google's little snippet in, they run ads. Like I'm trusting Google knows what they're doing and filtering that stuff. Like, is that the case? Or is it when you get to like some of the more higher um, like ROI type stuff, right? There's all these companies that are advertising, hey, stick your, stick my little snippet on your site and you'll get, you know, twice as much as what Google's giving you and stuff. Is that where you get into like the need to have that protection? Um, or is it always there? Like some things slip past Google too. I think things slip past everyone, right? And so everybody, I think, it, I, I wouldn't say there's a lot of folks in the ecosystem that are like, you know, Wild West and not trying to put up defenses for this thing. And obviously, if there's anybody that's probably the best funded to be able to protect against this stuff, it's Google, right? They can invest in this sort of stuff. Um, I would say the other smaller folks probably don't have the same resources. And so I think, you know, that's where, you know, I think you'd probably see more activity. And then the other thing is, is, you know, a lot of this sort of stuff kind of creeps its way in through these self-service platforms. So, mm-hmm. you know, like if in the old days when you had to, you know, when if I worked at, you know, pick your tier one website and you worked at tier one agency, we would go out and have steak dinners and I would write you an insertion order and you would know exactly what the ads are that I'm going to be trying to deliver or you're going to be trying to deliver. And now because it's programmatic, everything's on the fly. Everything's in real time. So there really isn't, you know, that, that capability beforehand to prevent it. And there used to be these things like pre-scanning, right? Where you would like make sure that the ad is what it says it is. And guess what? The bad actors got so smart that they would put code in that would detect if they're actually being pre-scanned. And if they are, deliver this payload. And if they aren't, you know, then deliver this payload. So there's a whole bunch of sophistication, I think, where the bad actors, you know, they've, they've, unfortunately, they've out-innovated most of the vendors in the ecosystem. Yeah. And I think like something to what you were saying is that if you would run like a service like yours, right? You're you're then taking some of that precaution on yourself. You're not just like letting third parties, like who knows what Google's doing? Who knows what all these other advertising people are doing? But at least if you run something like clean.ios on your website, like you're doing, you're, you're being proactive about it too. Listen, your users don't care about all of the long tail of people that you're working with to monetize your site. They care about yeah. your site. And so- I look at it as like, you know, if if you go to a restaurant for a a meal and you get food poisoning, the restaurant doesn't go, well, it's the guy that brought in the lettuce. It, he had bad lettuce. No, <laughs> like you got to own the experience for your consumers at your restaurant. Yeah. Same sort of thing. If you own a website and you're not being proactive about really putting up the defenses to deliver delightful user experiences, my point is kind of shame on you. Yeah, that's a really good perspective. I think that's a good place to have our break. Um, we've had a good discussion um, with Matt Gills, the CEO of Clean.io. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, 
you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10-30% to conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try LaunchFlows today. We're coming back. We've had a clean session. So clean. <laughs> so clean. Uh, before we go into the second part of the podcast, we got another um, sponsor. We got Converso um, sponsoring the show. They're a WordPress hosting provider. They aim at the agency market. If you're looking for a really um, modern hosting provider for your clients, if you're a freelancer, if you're an agency, they provide all the framework. They deal with all the technology. It's blazingly fast, really fantastic interface. Go and have a look at what they've got to offer. I think you're going to be impressed. And thank them for the supporting the show. It's much appreciated. So, um, so you got all these. What about retargeting, um, Matt? You know, um, you know, a lot of these adverts um, are used in in the retargeting area, aren't they? You know, because um, because of the cost benefit. Has it been affecting? That side of the industry is that like AdRoll is one of the bigger players in that, my understanding. Has all this been affecting um, people actually using adverts for retargeting? Well, no, I, I don't think so. Like, I look at retargeters as just another source of demand, right? Like, they're just like, you know, uh, another demand side platform like the Trade Desk or anyone who's kind of creating that yield for publishers. And so, you know, uh, you know, AdRoll or Critio or any of those sort of folks are all going to be competing at the same time as the rest of the demand for all of those placements to actually, you know, put a retargeting ad instead of a, you know, a, a brand ad or a app download ad or y- you name it. Um, you know, I think where it does get messy is where some of these folks try to aggregate more demand to create bigger checks or bigger yield size or, or whatnot and, and where they mix in you know, other demand with their owned and operated demand. Um, the, I think the supply path in the complexity of the supply path, if you look at kind of that value chain of, um, you know, from the demand side platform or, the, you know, the advertiser to the demand side platform at the far end, and then at that end, 
uh, it's the end user and, and it's, you know, usually the supply side platform and then all the pieces in between. Um, you know, it's, it's a really complex way that, you know, you can get to, you know, supply path. You can go to some websites and see like, hey, I could buy on, you know, pick your website USA Today. There's probably like 14 different ways that you could directly buy. And then there's probably 140 indirect ways of like the complexities of supply path as to how ads get through. And so that, I think that's what makes this problem so hard is that um, it's not just about blocking this guy here or that guy here because they're everywhere. You have to assume that the criminals are everywhere and they're going to like, they're going to have, uh, you know, next play set up 10 times uh, over and well in advance of your, you know, if you're trying to find them that way, you need technology to solve the problem. And by the way, one of the, just, just one of the things just to pile on, you know, cause I think where Stephen was going before, like um, the, the reality is, is it isn't usually a scenario where like a hundred percent of the ads that are coming through from any of these platforms is bad. Like usually it's a small percentage. And again, you need to put your mind in the, in, in the way of like, how would a criminal work? Well, a criminal tries not to leave fingerprints. A criminal tries to like, you know, the best way to steal from someone is to steal a very little bit every single day instead of like trying to like get greedy and steal big sums. If you get greedy, and in this world, it would be getting greedy would be going on blast and having it very reproducible and everybody can go and, you know, just see how it's happening that's where you're going to get caught. So a lot of these bad actors use these tactics to just like, how do they fly under the radar? How do they probe? How do they frequency cap? Like think of all the things that most marketers would use, the best professional marketers would use. That's what these guys do. It sounds remarkably similar to like WordPress hacking. Like if, um, if you ever experienced like a WordPress site getting hacked, like they do a really good job of hiding that and only are using your site for, for malicious stuff every, you know, hundredth visitor or every 10th person gets redirected somewhere. And it's really hard to nail down or for you to even find out that your site is hacked because it's looking to say like, oh, are you logged in? Well, if you're logged in, you know, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to hide. And it's kind of, it sounds like very similar to what you're saying where um, an ad can just sit there. It's not malicious. It's fine. It's a great ad. And then, but somebody who's controlling that ad um, is able to flip switches every once in a while and kind of do what they want to do. That, and that's exactly what they do because they control the payload execution. And so what they'll do is the, exactly what you're saying is they'll fingerprint the device and they'll say, um, does this, and this is all in real time, does this uh, phone, does it meet the targeting requirements? Is it iOS, you know, X, whatever? Is it running on Google Chrome? Is it, you know, da, 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 does it have an Apple Pay session active? Like that would be one of the fingerprints. Well, guess what? If you're in a scanning lab, usually phones don't have Apple Pay sessions active. So they would not execute their code if they didn't see an active Apple Pay session. Like mm. things like that of, of, you know, I don't know, I guess it's the mind behind the criminal. Like what would you do if you were trying to not get caught? You would yeah. try and hide your tracks and that's exactly what they do. And don't get greedy because you'll get caught. Huh. No, that's, that's fascinating. And if you get caught, you get your supply pass shut off, right? So it's yeah. really hard to get these, you know, these seats set up to be able to buy. And so... What you also do is you probably mix in some other fudged campaigns like Nike or whomever to make it look like you're a real agency or something. So so what does that look like then on your end when you block an ad? Like, is it just a gray box or what What? What? what does the user see when like you stop a malicious attempt? The, the cool thing is, is we actually preserve the user experience. So unlike anyone else in the industry, we actually let the bad actors buy the ad because we always felt that unless you create that financial disincentive, Right? We, need, we want to make it unprofitable for the bad actor. And so 
the bad actor, we actually let him buy the ad. Everybody else kind of blocks him before he buys because they're matching them up against a block list and saying, hey, we don't want that guy. Let's not let him buy because, you know, it will end up in a bad user experience. We actually let him buy and we let him render the original ad that he presented. Often it's a brand ad. It's like they're, they're using deceptive tactics to put like, to make it like they're the agency for Nike or whomever. And so uh, we let that, we let the original ad render, but what we do is we prevent the malicious JavaScript from executing. That actually creates a few good things. One, the user gets the correct experience. There's just an image. And then, you know, if they're scrolling, it, you know, looks like, looks good and feels good. The user doesn't get redirected to that, you know, page that says congratulations and doesn't get stuck there. So that's also good. User experience is preserved. And because you don't get bounced to that page, there's no opportunity for a user to actually, a foolish user to say, hey, uh, let me fill in my personally identifiable information here. So the bad actor actually gets no ROI. And so if you go into the mindset of the performance advertiser, that like, what would you do if you were buying media on a site and getting no engagement? You'd actually not buy on that site anymore. And that's the behavior that we see is that bad actors who buy on sites protected by clean.io, they actually stop buying when they realize that they can't get performance. So that's really smart. We chase them out, send send them out, you know? Make them spend the money, like, and hurt their bottom line, and then exactly. Yep. Just, I think we've got to make it clear, or you you can put me right here. They are not doing anything illegal, or or is this a very gray area? I think, it, Jonathan. I think it's a. I think it is a gray area. Well, one. I mean, listen. They they uh, they're buying the right to show an ad, but they're not buying the right to take over the user experience, right? So I think there's like they're crossing the boundaries on that front, obviously. And whether that's illegal or not, I don't know. What we also don't know is what are the financial incentives and and who is behind these things? Is there money laundering or is there you know stealing PII or you know all of those sort of things? Um, you know, we know that most of the um, you know, the reason for these folks operating is economics and, you know, profit motive driven. Uh, but so, yeah, it's, it's uh, whether that's illegal or not, I think is a, is a question mark. But, you know, again, we go back to this notion that we think that if you own your website, you should be able to control the user experience on your website. And that's, you know, we, we, illegal or not, you know, you deserve to be able to deliver delightful user experiences to your end users. And does this really only apply to the um, U.S. or North American market? I know, I know, Europe has some very stringent um, data protection laws, and I know Canada um, has recently introduced and is increasing its own legislation. So, does this only really now affect the U.S. market, or is it um, still affect Europe and Canada? Oh, it's a global phenomenon. Uh, listen, we see these attacks happen in every country around the world. It's no one's immune to it. Um, it's profit driven for the most part, right? So these folks are trying to get, you know, these offers that they're trying to, you know, repurpose into this mechanism to make money. Um, you know, an example would be like, sometimes I get it where, you know, on my phone, it'll say, hey, Comcast customer, um, please, you know, take this survey. We just have nine questions we want to ask you. And they're targeting me because somewhere Comcast is paying someone to get user survey completions. And so what they've done is they've repurposed that and they're getting an email 
address at the end of it. So like, that's probably how they trigger and get paid. But guess what? They're targeting me on my home Wi-Fi. They know I'm a Comcast user. So, you know, maybe good for them for like getting creative as to how to get engagements and get people to want to complete surveys. And, and if you think about it, what they're doing is, is they're buying a thousand ads probably for 20 cents because it's a 20 cent CPM, right? So it's 20 cents to buy a thousand ads. A normal advertiser, like I said, would get a half a percent click-through rate. But these guys, when they want, they can get 100% click-through rate. So you can actually get your message in front of 1,000 people if you want for 20 cents. If you just get one of those people to complete the survey, by the way, my mom probably would fall for this sort of thing or, you know, who knows. But, you know, get one to complete, you probably get paid five bucks, 10 bucks. That's pretty good ROI. So it's, it's almost an arbitrage game for these guys. Like if you could get five people to complete if you can up the level of your creative and make it really engaging and, and enticing, you know, it actually, I think it becomes a very robust business. In some ways, in some ways it sounds like the people that we, that are, and still probably are, I think it's got a bit harder, you know, spam emailing. They're the kind of the same people that probably do this. It's the same 100%. crowd. Is Anyway, listen, I, you go like my, I'm a, I'm showing my age. I'm a Hotmail user still, unfortunately. But yeah, the inbox is full of junk and it's uh, filled with the ads that are like fake Netflix ads that you're, you know, you need to come in and re-input your credit card information. And so it's clickbaity stuff and, uh, you know, domain misrepresentation and, you know, masking and all that sort of stuff. So it's, listen, it's the underbelly of the internet. Free and open internet is awesome. But again, where there's users and where there's money, there are criminals. Um, right i think we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show um so matt how can people find out more about you and what you're up to well if you're an e-commerce merchant i would say uh you know come to our website clean.io is where you'll find us um uh, or you can go to a, a url that we've created called block coupon extensions.com um so that's very straightforward that will get you all the information uh, generally, we're we're very focused on um, on ecom right now to get that ecosystem flying because they need the protection. We're seeing you know just merchants losing a ton of money to these discount extensions, driving average order volume down or order value down. Um, so I would say come find us on there if you want to send me an email, Matt at Clean.io, or find me on LinkedIn. Anything we can do to help on either the ad side or the e-commerce side, just let us know. And Stephen, how can people find out more about you and your company? Yeah, head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test, see how much faster we can make your website. And Stephen and his team had helped us on the WP Tonic site. They, they turned it into a slightly sluggish beast, into a speed machine. So I can't praise um, Stephen or his company more. So if you're looking for speed, go over there. And before we wrap up the podcast, I want to tell you uh, about a free webinar that I'm doing with Uncle Spencer. Spencer Forum is on our regular panelists on our roundtable show. And we're going to be talking about all things funnels, how to build a modern funnel on WordPress, how to build a modern shopping cart environment on WordPress, we're going to be showing you all the latest methods on this free webinar. And that's on the Friday the 9th of April. 
at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. All you have to do is go to the WP Tonic website. In the main navigation, there's a button that says webinar. You click it, you sign up, and then you will be able to join us um, and ask Spencer myself questions live, and we're going to be delving really deep. We'll see you next week with another great guest, another great interview. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 